Hi, everybody. You've made it to the second season of Soul Care with me, Angie Fadel. This is my interview with the genius, my friend, Kelly Stewart Hall. I want to say a few things before you get into this podcast. She is so brilliant. And we are recording this. She's in Texas in her office, and I'm on my phone, in my car, outside of a church, waiting to go help my husband do music. And because of modern technology, we can make all that happen. The downside is there are a few places in the very beginning where it's a tiny bit glitchy. Stick through it. It passes within the first, I think, three minutes. And then there's a few places where it sounds like we're interrupting each other. Mainly it sounds like I'm interrupting her because my voice is very loud. We could not tell that was happening because there was a leg and we had no idea. She on her side in Texas and me on my side in Portland did not know there was a leg and could not tell that we were interrupting each other. In the very end, if you stay through and listen to the extras, you can kind of see how much we didn't know because we're trying to say goodbye to each other. And it sounds like we're saying goodbye to each other normally, but not on the recording. It sounds like we're interrupting each other. She is worth the listen. She is beautiful, genuine, cares about people, and I am lucky to call her my friend. So... I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the second season of Soul Care with me, Angie Fadal. I am here with my dear, 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 dear friend, Kelly Stewart Hall. (laughs) Say hi, Kelly. Hello. She is in Tumball, Texas, right outside of Houston, and I am sitting outside the MCC Church in Portland, Oregon, And this is a nod to the benefits of technology is we can be clear across the country from each other and still have a very clear conversation. Yeah, and still have a really good connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So Kelly is the co-director of the Renewal Center, Tumball, Texas. But I am going to let her unpack all that that is. Well, not unpack all of that, all that that is, because we don't have time for that. But she's going to talk about what that means, where they're, where they're working, what they're doing. But I first want to say, Kelly, do you have any preferred pronouns that you go by? Yes, I am a she. Okay. Yep. She, her. Okay. So do I. So am I. I don't know. (laughs) I do know. But uh, yeah. So can you unpack really what the renewal as much as you can are as um, surfacey as you want to be what the renewal center does? Of course, I'd love to. Um, The renewal center is a 501c3 nonprofit in Tomball, Texas, like you said, we, um, we basically created, um, my partner, Aaron Edwards, um, and all of our staff here have worked really hard to create a place, um, of welcome for all people. Uh, it is a faith-based, uh, organization, and that's just where our faith has led us to create an open table and seating for anybody who wants to come. As part of the Renewal Center's um, vision, we also work um, to create programming for people that are coming through, uh, coming into recovery um, from all types of addiction. 
And one of the things that we wanted to do is create um, companies that would create jobs for people that needed a fresh Mm -hmm. start, that needed a place to relearn or for the first time learn things. And so um, initially we created a juice line, um, a cold pressed juice line called Steampunk Juice. And we launched that three years ago down at the farmer's market. So delicious. Yes. And that has continued to grow and blossom. And then uh, our second uh, company that we launched is called Rebar Cafe and Juicillery. And um, it is right downstairs in the front of our community center. And it has got like the best coffee, uh, of course, our juice. And we um, used basic equipment that you would have in your home um, to create a stellar like waffle menu. And it's 100% gluten free here. And so we just continue to build in healthy um, alternatives for people who might be used to going to a bar to hang out and have conversations. Now they can come out to our bar called Rebar, Recovery Bar, Rejuvenation Bar, Remembering Bar, um, Mm -hmm. Reconnecting Bar. And we uh, just give them a place to belong and hang out and a place they can be known. And it's just wonderful. We've created um, a lot of, you know, day jobs along the way. But as of now, we have 11 people on staff. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. So one of the things that occurred to me when you were talking, and one of the things I love about doing this podcast is, I mean, we haven't been friends for very long, because we haven't known each other that long. We've known of each other. But I mean, we've had a lot of in-depth, vulnerable conversations. Yeah, but whenever I, yeah, because we go there. Yeah. But one of the things that I always discover when I interview somebody is that I learn something about them that I didn't know, which is, which is one of the highlights for me. And one of the things that I'm sure I'm going to learn more about you, but one of the things is I didn't know the rebar, you know, all of those re things, reconnecting, you know, remembering all of those things. I didn't know it kind of stood for that. Yeah, and we we do that. That's that's something that um, Aaron is a lover of puns, and that's and some of the things that we do. We just we list, and I'm a writer. He's a writer, and uh, we are a lover of words. But we were in a board meeting one time, and I had this list of names, and it was so funny because we were kind of going through that recovery bar, remembering bar, all the things, and then Anita bursts out rebar, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's on the list, and we circled it and just went forward. It was like sometimes things yeah. just name themselves. That's just the same way for my children as it is for this place. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, as it's 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 kind of like um, I think what people discover when they do, you know, my archery workshops. It's like I can explain. People can give me reviews. People, I can interview people about how impactful it is for them. But when they do it, like I recently had a friend of Kathy's do it, and who we, who you and I had met at the no, one of them we met at um, at Jared's uh, memorial, and then she brought another dear friend of Kathy's that wasn't able to make it, and we're standing up there shooting, and one of the women looks at me and she goes I get it now Mm. Kathy kept explaining Kathy kept saying how powerful it was and she looked at me with this huge smile on her face and she goes I get it now Mm -hmm. this is amazing (laughs) and I and I think you had told me about you know the renewal center and I kept trying to it's hard to picture something that has so many um outlets to it so many things connected to it but when you drove me straight from the airport mm-hmm. to that place it's beautiful because kelly doesn't do anything that's not beautiful Aww. thank you <laughs> it's true and i realize sometimes when i go it's true or whatever it sounds like i'm being disingenuous but i, it's, I didn't take I'm it that <laughs> okay but i listen to myself and i'm like <laughs> and 
from the person, Carrie, I mean, you could not have a better, I'm sure there's other people, but you can't have a better person slinging coffee because there is not a person that comes into that place that is not cared for, talked to, embraced. In fact, I was a little um, overwhelmed because I'm not, I'm not much of a hugger as a survivor. I kind of, and working with a community of survivors, I kind of always ask first or like, I don't lead with hugs. I love hugs, but I walked in and like everybody's <laughs> hugging me. Well, that's and just for me, charm now. Come on. <laughs> totally. And for me, it was, for me, it ended up being great because like I felt seen and I watched because I, I am an observer. I watched when we, when I was there, there was a guy that had just gotten sober. I think. Um, he was just, and somebody had just given him a fresh haircut and clean clothes and you and I went straight there so you could talk to him. And there was another person there that lived outside. There were, um, Mm -hmm. moms from the Montessori school that Carrie's kids are in. It's just, and that's for me, everything is always about equalizing something, you know, when I learned how to roast coffee, I'm like, fuck this. It's male dominated. And I'm going to teach all my people right. in my community that want to know how to roast. I'll teach them how to roast. And I, I see there's a similar thing in you that is not just in, in from, from my perspective is not just creating jobs and connection but you are fighting tooth and nail to also say to people with your actions and your words, you and and I I are the same. It is interesting to, um, to kind of, well, growing up, you know, in kind of the system and structure that always kind of, uh, that always wanted to kind of hold me in a place, you know, Um, in the South, you know, as a woman, Um, where, you know, you just, you mind your P's and Q's, you don't really rock the boat, you know, if there's all these things that, you know, kind of words that you get called if you do. And, um, and then later in life, you know, coming through and having had an experience that led me to, um, explore my spirituality and then having gone from, you know, just rolling like through like learning who I am and kind of finding myself um, at a place where I ended up being kind of soaked and enlivened by Christianity. And then what that structure plays out, you know, it is, um, it was interesting coming out of all that kind of knowing my place, I say like in air quotes um, and having to start um, uh owning Mm -hmm. my part in that some of it is like what I was believing even as I was challenging the beliefs and then deciding to step out and say I'm going to step out and live out what I believe then it the challenge then became like as I'm creating stuff like everything kind of felt like birthing over and over again and holding this baby and like having a new baby and and looking at you know Mm. and so at some point I'm just holding so many babies a lot of time I describe this as as hats but maybe that's just a Texas thing like all these different hats I'm wearing but like (laughs) you have to just people started showing up and it was clear who was going to take each of these um little baby ideas concepts and that was a whole other process because it seemed like for a good part of my life and I did kind of come into who I am later in life in my you know mid 30s I guess that's not later in life but it's you know I didn't go through right and um so it's later than probably you wanted I mean this is mine I created it and then then saying wait the belief that I have at my core is that um this it's everybody and so being able to then and I love to co-create so being able to turn and hand something to somebody and say I'm trusting you with this show me what you got and Mm -hmm and leaning into each other and letting their giftings rise yeah. up 
is really kind of what a, lo a lot of my work has been initially here is letting go, trusting, and, um, and just paying attention to what shows up and looking for the gift in that and, and then trying to like help that, that person be integrated to hold something and take it. And I think all the people here came strongly mm -hmm. at that place, like a very, a transitional place where they were, they were stepping into themselves and they have trusted us and we have trusted them. And I couldn't be more proud or excited about the people that work here in every way. And all of them have ownership and kind of what they've mm. done and what mm. they've created. So yeah, it's interesting to kind of feel that impetus to push forward and be yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, all the things that I got to own that I, that before I'd have to pass off to somebody else so they could own and run with. And I got to own that. But then in this place, I get to pass it off. Yeah. Yeah. And bless and say, this is yours to own. Show me what you got. And that has changed everything in me, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I think it's complicated. Um, and I can only speak as, right. you know, a white cis woman of privilege to say, you know, growing, and I can only speak from somebody that grew up in the church. So that's a unique experience that's full of complications and pain, but I can identify with that. I have this <clears throat> idea that I think is amazing. And, but either I have to give it up to a man or somebody takes it from me. And so there can tend to be in women, um, mm -hmm that come from a similar background as maybe you and I were in for part of our lives um, where right. we feel like we have to hoard it. And I always kind of resented that because that's not really my DNA is to hold on to something. Cause I'm much like you. I want to, even if I'm not co-creating, I want to be a part with other people. I want what I do to then, you know, help mm -hmm. um, the LGBTQAI community or, you know, I want it to be, let's work together. Um, I want it to produce something past myself. But I think one, one of the things that we start to learn through the beauty of intersectional feminism is we're in this together and everything that I'm doing, everything that the person next to me is doing will benefit and can benefit if we're focused and aware of our privilege and working towards this goal, it should benefit everybody. And I should be able to, not everything can be handed over, but what I can hand over to right. somebody that could take it way farther I than me, agree. I want to hand over. Whenever you're, we're in this place where we're doing that self-work and we're, we're looking at the system from our perspective and we're open to having those conversations and, and with with one another I find here you know then it we get to see like the other person's perspective and what the system has taught them you know especially in the masculine feminine dynamic we've done a lot of work on that around here mm -hmm. and um, I have this quote from um, Richard Rohr on my wall and you know it's you know the last line we give it away to keep it. It says we suffer to get well, we surrender to win, we die to live and we give it away to keep it. And so that's just really interesting. And I found that last line to be mm. true if it's like genuine in me, like, and not, not before where like the system says like, it's going yeah. to like, I need to produce, produce, produce. And somebody's going to take that production and, and then travel the country and speak on it versus I'm, you know, if I'm hoarding something because I'm afraid of it because it's attached to my identity or it's attached in all these different ways. Like what I want to do is like, is, mm -hmm. is when it comes to power is to, is to give it away to keep it. So it's like, so that's what we keep trying to do around here is welcome people into their power 
and um, step into shared power, shared creation. Um, we learn a lot that way. We can't get all the information we need if, if, we, if we leave one hierarchy model to build another one. And so that's what I didn't want to do is, as I didn't want to build another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what structures and, I, I, and systems are notorious for. It's, and I think and I also think that that's kind of where the fear comes in, which is a valid fear. It's like. If I hand right. it over because I've handed over stuff before you're and going I'm gonna, to or I'm gonna hurt me hurt people with it or destroy me. it it's right. like yeah yeah it's like there's this you know Brene Brown has that new Let's leadership it course it's not new but it's amazing it's so amazing and <clears throat> I had I got to at least study it because my sister her um the place she works for paid for her to take the course and so she's generous with me all the time. And she just gave me the course to study myself. But one of the things that I notice now is, and the thing that Brene has very little control over, is that course now has gone out to like Nike and probably Adidas and all of these big, the military, all these big corporations. And it's just like anything else. You can hear that they've taken the course. Oh, wow. And now they're using the course yeah. to abuse people. <laughs> you know, it's not like everybody. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure. It, and it doesn't negate the work that she did and how important the work is because it changed my life. Just listening to the things that she was saying and the way that it's not just her. It's her yeah. community is building this, you know, leadership course. Yes. I think that. But anything that, that people right want to do half ass. Right. And they're not they're not leaning into vulnerability becomes can become dangerous, um, but it doesn't mean that she shouldn't do it. I totally feel that that's something that really was potentially, potentially and could have totally happened to me because when you're fighting to break out of something so hard and the idea is kind of like rise to the top, rise to the top, rise to the top. That's the message that we kind of get. And um, because so everybody's trying to break free and rise up, you know, but at some point I had to say, wait, I want to break free and and become like you were saying, I want to be like a voice in the choir. I don't need to be like a soloist. You know, I don't even know that I have that. I'm not a great singer like you, but I I I want to to go do a circle round (laughs) and come around. And um, that was my core belief. So all of my feelings of rising up really was about standing up inside of myself. I want to be able to stand up inside myself and have integrity. And I want to help other people stand up inside themselves and have integrity. And that doesn't mean that I need to be at the top of the food chain. It just means I want to be with everybody else. Otherwise my personality will totally take me like in years before, I think I spent like seven or eight years just in my backyard, like, kind of in a hermitage, like kind of in this like holding tank, like just simmering. And I just at some point felt pretty monastic. And I had to then decide like, what good is this? You know, like if I'm not touching people, being touched by people, being like hearing from other people, talking to other people. So I think you're right. Like unless you get vulnerable and you're willing to go kind of go deep with any kind of tool or material, then you kind of, and you're just kind of skating on the top of it. Like, it's not that it's not good to keep getting that material out there, but I don't know if you can experience its fullness and in capacity, you know? Yeah. 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 You have to engage it. And I think that that's, that's the thing that most people are afraid of. And that's the thing that I keep trying to lean in with this podcast and I don't think I hit it every time because not everybody is as comfortable and this isn't right or wrong this isn't necessarily the right platform for everybody to be vulnerable but my heart is always fearless vulnerability because that is what saved me because fearless vulnerability is what 
<laughs> what undoes. Well, yeah. That's not and, the right and, word, but I like that I'll word. Me, undoes like, shame. Sometimes I have fearful vulnerability and I just have to have some bravery and courage or just enough air to mm-hmm. keep breathing while I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I think fearless implies that I'm not fearful or we're not going to be fearful. I feel like most of the things that I yeah. do on a daily basis. Yeah. I am, I am full of fear, you know, that I, because, because the risks that I'm taking That's true. are risks that we don't have a cushion for. So every risk that I'm taking, at least business wise, which for me is very vulnerable. It's like for some people, it, it doesn't necessarily maybe touch their vulnerability because they have a fallback plan or they have you know, $10,000 in savings, or they took out a business loan. I didn't do any of that. So it's always attached to vulnerability for me, leaning in and not just taking a blind risk because I, I, I'm not at a place, you know, financially where I can do that, but also just yes. going, telling the right people that I am scared and, and just having them hold me, you know, figuratively in that fear not necessarily to tell me you should do it anyway but just to go we we got you that doesn't mean that they're going to bail me out if the whole thing backfires so I think you know the other thing that I I thought about when you were talking is um I forgot I'm not going to get this quote right but it's like something about Uh the tide raises all the boats or something like that. Or, um, you know, I'm going to pull people up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get successful and then I'm going to pull people up with me. And that's a bullshit idea because we don't, we have to, we have to actively, and this is what, this is what I'm, I'm saying this because I feel like you're, you're trying to do this and the renewal center is trying to do this these ideas that privileged people have about well i just need to get successful and then i Mm -hmm. can raise people up alongside of me or i just need to you know this windfall that i'm getting is going to help other people just by oh it's the trickle down effect there is no trickle down effect so we have to actively pursue the benefit of other people which I also believe is intersectional feminism. We have to actively pursue the benefit of other people while we are trying to create something because it, there is no trickle down effect. There is no, my success is not gonna necessarily gonna raise you up. I mean, that's a very like savior mentality. I have to be, while I'm trying to build this business, actively reach out to different organizations that I am passionate about and say, I don't have any money because I don't, but I can Mm -hmm. do this empowering workshop for you because that's what I have. And let's figure out how we can co-create something or do something, you know, to help, you know, I can help promote you or whatever I can do with the, the little that I feel like I have. And I think by the very business model that you and Aaron and Anita have created yeah and it's doing that while um, it's building something that is that is true I mean here in Tomball um one of the things that it Tomball has done really well is is their farmer's market and the farmer's market is here the Tomball farmer's market every Saturday from nine to one rain or shine um and a lot of businesses in our tiny town have grown out of that farmer's market. So when we, when we started this, like one of the things uh, I noticed it. And one of the things I said is like, look, if I was at the farmer's market and I talked to several friends about this, I would, I would be like, uh, Hey, grab juice on the way out because you know, fresh squeezed juice, there's just nothing like it. And so when we started, um, 
the other thing is, is that's where the community yeah. is. I mean, and a lot of times in, in my experience, the, in my experience, yep. um, you kind of in churches, in the church structure that I was in at the time, you kind of, once you get all the way up to the top, there's like so many people you have to go through to kind of get to the person that's communicating to you every Sunday. And, um, and I was like, then we just be in the heart yeah. of like, of what's going on. We're just like on the pulse of in community. We're just available. We're, we're out here. We're talking, we're hugging, we're, t- you know, like all of those things. Um, and, and I am a big hugger, Angie. And that, that's just, mm-hmm. that's, that's just, that's probably going to be on my. <laughs> my two no, I like that from you. <laughs> <Just get hugging>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, she's a hugger Travis one day was talking to me about a book he read by Parker Palmer and he said Kelly you got to do what you can't not do and so that's one of like those core things that that helped me in the beginning like I need to do what I can't not do and what I what Mm. I needed to do was to be among people and I needed to um be listening and I needed to be uh yeah present and so so yeah so we we birthed out of that farmer's market and we met so many other small businesses. And so as we grew and there was a time when our cafe wasn't open, but it was finished and we would, we invited different restaurants to come and use our seating or have an event. We had uh, different other just small startups. And so, all, and, and all of those organizations, like they were like, get gaining in popularity for their own things and they would mention us and so this we had this mm. whole collaborative it was all cooperative versus competitive and it was very good because it it did feel like if when mm. one of us rises we're all gonna rise like it did feel like because we were all in this together it was a lot of sweat equity a lot of people just with little to no money living out their passions mm-hmm. and we did a really good job of saying, you know, not just one of us, all of us, there's enough. It's, there's more than enough for all of us. And so we just kept living into that and believing it and um, Mm -hmm. made a lot of really good friends and did a lot of fun things that I'll never forget, you know? Yeah. And along with that, it's, it's not, you know, when, when people say, when one of us rises, we all rise. That might be true, but it has mm-hmm. to be, you're participating in that. You're actively seeking that out. You're actively reaching out to people in the community. They're reaching out to you. You're saying, I have this space. I remember, you know, when um, when Todd and I were doing the all ages music venue that we did, the Meow Meow, like, we would meet people in town and Portland was much smaller than and much more um, DIY. Like you could actively meet people starting up a business and it was easier to start up a business. Like we'd meet somebody and we'd be like, yeah, they were kind of like, it was fine. It was nice, but they weren't friendly. They, they, there, there was like this um, sense of, they're hoarding you know they don't they don't want to share and then we would go into another place and immediately we'd be talking about like the difficulties of starting your own business and what did you try and oh we're you know now we're 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 wanting to do our first show oh we've got staging you can borrow our staging and then they gave me my first art show and you know all of this camaraderie because we Mm -hmm. want to help each other because if you succeed as a small business person doing something slightly different than me with this air of let's try to do this together you you're all winning because there's more to go around as each of you kind of succeeds but when you're go you know when you're actively trying to undercut me in cost and you know pull clients away from me we're not all succeeding eventually the reputation is going to be, oh, they're, they're kind of assholes. I don't want to do anything connected to archery or anything connected to this group of people because everybody's going to be painted with the same brush. I agree. Like it is, it is um, when it comes to hoarding, like emotionally, spiritually, or any way that, that we, that we, um, and I think there's an incubation period like that, 
that's natural that we should and need to go through when it comes to learning new things and learning new skills. And we kind of hold things close and we we're developing and we're letting it become part of who Mm. we are. But when it comes to that um, place where it's like, um, we're afraid to let go and we're afraid to share, like for me, like when that happens to me, then I have to ask myself the question, like, why, why don't I want to, and then kind of do that, that work that has to do with my identity and kind of this, I like detachment, trying to detach from um, making, like staying in that place that's more yeah. egocentric to, I don't want to, I need my ego, but I, want, I don't want to build it in a way that I become, you know, that I, I'm the holder of all things because especially in an organization like, like mine, like, like, yeah. like there's just no way that um, I would ever want any of my people to think that, um, I'm going to take credit for what they've done because I, I don't want to. And I, I always give credit where credit is due. And that's just, Mm. I think one of the things that kind of comes around on the other side of that, that ego work is the blessing of being able to look at people and just be beaming with like pride and love and excitement of what humans are capable of doing when we all work together. Like it is, it's amazing. I mean, sometimes this is our third year, for steampunk juice our second year for rebar and i think our fourth or fifth year for the renewal center and sometimes i still kind of get caught up when i walk through and all the lights are off and the building is resting that i can't believe you're here and you're Mm -hmm. doing what you're (laughs) doing and and i have always focused of the renewal center as a Mm -hmm. she and um and we've kind of let her like draw who she needs and pull the characters in and how it affects the the being of the place and all of that we would have we wouldn't have had we would have had like two people up here at the Mm -hmm. top trying to scramble all the time to do everything and meet all these needs and been completely exhausted and obliterated yeah unless we we dealt with those fears and said come in and show me what you got like i we need we don't just like need you as a resource of energy like we need your character we need your gift we like because the world needs it like and so that's one of the things I guess kind of personifying this place like like then we also get that level of kind of dealing with like the renewal center as a human and what does the renewal center want you know need to give away to keep it and i mean people come here all the time mm-hmm. they don't know they don't know it's <clears throat> yeah. a nonprofit. they don't oftentimes know what we do they come because it's excellent the food is excellent the juices are excellent the coffee is excellent the people are excellent and they feel home and they walk oh, through the door and they excellent. don't they're like i don't know what it is yeah. what is it about this place and then when they start to hear the story then they're like, oh gosh, they just stepped in almost like to mm-hmm. a vortex of something that they didn't expect for the day. And the idea that people get that experience and leave out and they go and drip it across yeah. their day to other places is a gift. Yeah. So those are the reasons we don't hold on to yeah. and we don't try yes. to own like material or information or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, and I want to be clear, and you can um, maybe flush this out a little bit, but it is a, it is a spiritual yeah. community, but nobody witnesses to you. But that said, mm-hmm. nobody's also trying to trick you into becoming a Christian or a believer of any kind. And I think that's, that is tricky for people that grew up in the church because we are very right. used to being tricked. Like somebody wants to trick us into getting saved and there's always, um, there's an expectation on the other end that if right. I do this for you, you're going to, which is so <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's like, how genuine is yeah. that kind of conversion think, experience when you got tricked into it? No, that is not what um, I do. I, I have a very eclectic That is not what you do. And I admittedly had a very intense and deep experience with um the mystery of christ however like i carry several different types of um 
well, just because of the spiritual work and the nature, the nature of the spirit, spirit, like I, I just spiritual have practice. all kinds of beliefs that are outside of the Christian box. So I don't fit in the Christian mold. And what I think happens sometimes is, uh, people kind of reach a level like spiritually of like euphoric, like uh, euphoria or something. And then some, there's another thing that happens. that's like almost like an anesthesia, like, Oh, I'm saved. And like, it's kind of like, there's this stopping point. Like you just reach this plateau. And I think for us here, what we are saying is don't go to sleep, you know, like keep going. Um, who are you? And, mm. um, and what do you, what are you hearing for yourself and supporting them, anybody where they're at? We don't ever ask anybody to believe what we believe. Um, sometimes it's even, I would only even know if I could sit down and write down all the things that I believe. And so it's like, I think we're, we're always evolving. We're always changing and where you're at now, you won't be oh, yeah. maybe in five minutes or tomorrow in 10 years. And, and that's how it should be. We're all developing. We're all finding our way, but we do have some core beliefs of, um, that mm -hmm. we carry in, in some of that, like I said before, is like, you know, we all have a story to tell and our, per those perspectives are valid and we want to hear stories and we want to tell stories and we want everybody's stories to be heard. And we want to be welcoming. We, we want to be loving and not just mm -hmm. in the, like anything goes way, but sometimes that's good boundaries. And sometimes that's a no, and sometimes that's yes. And sometimes it's, we'll see. And we, um, yeah. yeah. And we want to, Eat. we want everybody to be mm -hmm. to have equal access to food i mean we have pay it forward <clears throat> meals here so people can participate in that financially but nobody ever leaves without being fed if they can't afford it and um, and we want people to yes. have access to good I saw nutrition, that like helpful nutrition information that can be helpful especially if you're coming off of a substance you know um, and sometimes the nutrition is, is a hug. Like if you're coming yeah. out of a place where you just haven't ever, like if you've suffered a touch deficit or if you've, you know, never felt welcome or, and, you know, so it's just, it's always, it's always different. And in mm -hmm. the renewal center, she mm -hmm. just, she, she, she pulls people in and then, and then we get to go through this discovery together. And, but yeah, we, we do not, we do not like want people to conform to, any belief we want them to transform and so we want to help them see yeah. what they need to yeah. see through their story and their retelling of their lives and what how those things are all connected to who they're becoming you know yeah yeah that's i just wanted to clarify so before before um i guess before mm -hmm. i don't I don't want to leave without asking you two really important questions. And all of these have been important, but this is, this is one thing that I ask all of my guests. Okay. I'm I try to remember to ask. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've asked everybody, but no, what is your, what is something that you do to self-care? And because here, here's why I ask this, you have a vision that is bigger than you and will go on after you. That's what we want is we're hoping that the vision that we carry that touches other people and their visions touch us. And it becomes this, you know, intertwined um, rope where we're all connected. We're all, mm -hmm. you know, kind of holding our peace in the strength of the rope, but that that rope goes on and is, sturdy and you know creates a container for other people to launch long past us so the vision is big it probably right. is bigger than even you intentionally or originally thought so in that often what I find when I talk to people is it is difficult for them to find time to self-care and I want to reiterate what I what I consider self-care is not necessarily getting your nails done, going to, you know, a spa, all of those things probably yeah. will make people feel better, but all of those things require money. So what I'm interested in for you is, is it difficult as a busy 
woman, you're a businesswoman, you're a mother, you're an entrepreneur, you're a spiritual leader. Is it hard for you to find time to self-care? What do you do as a self-care practice when you do self-care? And or do you also have a spiritual practice? And the spiritual practice, as I define it, is not religious necessarily. It's meditation or whatever makes whatever feeds your soul spirit connection all of that like commingling together as who um, you are that that feeds you cycles you know and um but so when I get to the point in my cycle where I'm touching the insanity and my you know and I'm making myself insane that I know it's time to um Mm to look at my self-care. So I, I go through cycles of dry spells. Um, so here, so when I come back, yeah. So when I come, mm-hmm. so when I come back uh, around to sanity, so do I. <laughs> it looks like um, artistic expression. I, I write poetry. I do pastel art. I do watercolor paintings. Um, I, um, I need, I, I'm a person that needs away time. Like I need solitude and a lot of fresh air. I need a sunny day or even mm-hmm. sometimes I need a rainy day under my, in, under the covers, you know, just, I need quiet. And so I will seek out silence and solitude. Um, and that is very restorative for me mm-hmm. and kind of gets, it helps me. And if my thoughts are busy, I just kind of tell myself that I'm, that I'm off duty and I just keep telling myself, Oh, I'm going to write this down. And when I come back to work, I will pick it up again. And I just trust myself to do that. Um, yeah. And so I also need a good amount of mm, that's good. Uh, physical activity. So sometimes if I have a busy day here, um, I'll take a 30 minute walk around the blocks of Tomball, do a little window shopping. There's a place in the back of Tomball that I'll go sit, just sit among the trees and, um, and just get some air. Like for me, it's, it's more about going out and saying, Oh, there's so much fresh air. There's so much air out here. And just that, that reminder for me just gives me an expanse and gets me out of my like pro either, either the problem or the problem solving. Mm -hmm. And often just letting it go for a little while moves me from a place of either being in the problem or problem solving to like solution yeah, because then I, because I know, then I'll notice if I've let, mm, if I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, if I have a block in my receptivity or if I'm resistant or I, I can notice those things after I get some fresh mm-hmm. air. So, so those are things that um, I, I like to do. Um, I'm not yeah. a big journaler, which is weird because I'm, I am a writer. Yeah. Um, but I do, uh, You're a writer. one of the things. Yeah that I do is when I'm out in that fresh air is I just kind of like imagine my heart just like opening up and like all of the things just kind of coming up out of that and just kind of letting it go and saying, I, I have gone to as far as I can trying to figure this out. So I'm going to, I'm just going to let my heart unfold and let these things up out of it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times it gets me, gives me a break. I just, I need a break, you know? And then uh, I try to program in if people are willing creative expression into any type of um, spiritual conversations or work, because then I'm also doing my work alongside people. And it's, and it's not like I'm above the work. I'm always doing the work. And so I think the things that that is helpful. And is that, and is there another part? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's exact. No, it was yeah. uh, self-care and yes. um, spiritual practice. And they're kind of, in my mind, they're the same thing. But I've also found that some people um, have ones that really help them on a spiritual level. And some people have some that yeah. really help them just on a general self-care yeah, level and they usually things, intertwine right? so but like not not always for everybody and, and so like uh, i was just talking the other day when yeah. somebody was in like sometimes you just have to figure out which part of your being has the open door like is it it's your mind that has an open door or your your spirit has an open door and so once you kind of 
really yeah. start to get to know yourself. Like sometimes I just need to go for a run or a walk or play some tennis. And sometimes I need to go and have a, some mm-hmm. silence and some deep listening to my highest yeah. self, to God or whatever uh, yeah. that yeah. is. And sometimes, um, yeah, I just need to get the squirrel off the wheel in my mind, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this when you were um, because when you're talking, I hear a lot of visual. This isn't the right word, but a lot of visualization, like you're envisioning your self letting go of certain things or you're telling your monkey mind, hey, we're not doing that right now, but I'll get back to you. And I had this experience the other day. I've been. um. I've returned to acupuncture right. to to work with my menopause that I'm going through. And one of the things that I find is because women's issues are not talked about, and that is whoever, mm-hmm. yep. not only women go through menopause, um, you know, there are trans men out there that are going to go through menopause and menopause is can be a shit show and it's different for everybody and because it's a uh, it's it it's a woman's issue or a female I don't know the right way to say that so I'm I apologize to my trans friends that I'm not saying this right but it is it's going to be different for every woman and because it hasn't been talked about Mm -hmm the information is hard to get a hold of. It's, it's a whole, it's a mess. So, and I don't have a mother that I can talk to. And even if I had a mother that I could talk to, she wasn't really given permission or to talk about menopause and it was poo pooed. So anyway, that said, Mm. I just finally was like, I'm going to go to Dr. Hong because he's helped me with so many things. I showed up. He said, oh, yeah, I can help you in four sessions. And then he says all this stuff that because I don't know much about, I don't know as much as I'd like to about Eastern medicine. Um, I'm like, whoa, I have no idea what it means to move from using my liver all this time to now using my spleen. But uh I had my first session. I felt amazing, slept really good because my problem has been not sleeping at night. And then I had my second session, which I always forget the second session is Mm. usually harder because they're not, you're, they're not hitting your endorphins as much. But anyway, I'm laying there and I can feel my mind just go monkey mind. Just all the things I need to do, all the people I need to email because I'm still, and I haven't been still very much because I've been working And I go, okay, we're not going to do that right now. I want to rest. I want to let my body do what it needs to do. And so I was laying there and all of a sudden, all of these dormant art projects that I haven't worked on, all of a sudden I have had all of these ideas that I, that I hadn't had. Like I have two body casts, one from when I was pregnant with Zion and one from when I was pregnant with Brennan because I was body casting people at the time. And so I had Todd cast me and I did all of these other casts for all of my friends. And I have never worked on the ones for my kids. And I had the entire project for Brennan's body cast from when I was pregnant with her start to finish when I was laying there in that 30 minutes. And, and Zion's I don't fully have yet. And then there was another full, I've had, I had this whole dress series that I've been working on for probably 15 years. And um, I had this entire dress series I think pretty that, much start to finish while I was laying there. And I was only like, tw- probably yeah, only I think that's 20 really minutes after how, I like, spent 10 minutes monkey minding. Like our thoughts and our and our all those things and like the acupuncture kind of like like all those things rising up and needing to get out of the way so that like so that something else can be ushered in like so so I think that's a really good example Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
And yeah. also the excuse to just yeah. the excuse to just be still. <laughs> like that is one thing that I really admire about you is you you know sometimes <laughs> when we schedule a phone call you'll be in your closet. You know, or you'll be out, you know, when I last year when I came into the archery, I would come back from the range and you would be sitting outside in your backyard just breathing in the sun and i it i think when we see people taking time especially women because and women that have children yeah our time is yeah. it's very difficult for us to make our time about ourselves and even if we learn to take that in snatches it's it's healing and it was good for me to just see you doing that yeah. You know, every day, yeah. even if it was like for 10 minutes. I was just going to say. So before, so good be- have did you, you have one more thing to say? I, cut you off. <laughs> I know. That's right. <laughs> and now I can't yeah. wait because it's less than a month and I'm going to be seeing you again. Mm-hmm. But I did want to ask you before I say goodbye. What do you want to plug? Is there anything that you want to plug? Any? Do you have any writing? Is oh, any of your poetry you so out there for people a, to read? Because you are an amazing poet. That um, are oriented as blessings up on the work of the people. They're visual. Um, Travis had put them, uh, coupled them with his beautiful artistic uh, films. And so there's, that's a website where you can find some of my poetry. Um, I am currently going through a writing class and working on a new project um, about a vision that I had uh, at the end of last year. And so I'll, I'll keep everybody posted about that. But um, any, uh, anybody in the local Houston, Woodlands, Tomball area, you know, of course, please come by and see what we have going on at the center and um, and of course, we're having Angie here on March yeah. 26th through 26th and Saturday, 30th through. So she'll be here for five days <laughs> in March, uh, March 26th. And we have several um, workshops available. And so you can message me or her through Instagram um, or Facebook and we'll get you connected to do the workshops. And we have recovery groups. Um, we have emotional intelligence groups and self help groups that are happening here at the renewal center and you're welcome to join in any of the circles and um if you're looking for community and you haven't found a place to belong then uh we welcome you here and if you you have been in community and you have had a place to belong because you've um you're kind of one of those people that are in the privileged part of the structure but you don't have a place to do any of your real work we're here for that too yeah so Mm, yeah yeah, and I want to, along with that, I just, mm-hmm. it occurred to me, there are people out there that have money. And if you would like to donate to somebody else doing the meditative archery, the mindful archery, the meditative labyrinth walk, or donate to the yeah. renewal center, yes, that, yeah. that goes a long yes. way because we stretch the money. Kelly stretches the money as far as it'll go and I stretch the money as far as it'll go because there are people out there that really would benefit from being able to release their anger and their grief through archery and could use a meal or and Carrie looking them in the eyes and saying (laughs) I see you Um, so there are ways for you to donate I will put all of this information in the notes i'll have all of the links to the renewal website the renewal center website the rebar um work of the people the archery workshops and this will go up this will be up on friday so you can share it with all your i thought it would you made it to the extras because you like a little extra You like a little extra, so you stayed for the extras. Now you can enjoy. That's also kind of all together. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll introduce you as the co-director of the Renewal Center, and then I'll let you, I'll say, can you unpack all that that means? (laughs) 
Perfect. <laughs> okay. And then we'll just go from there. And I got to kind of pay attention to the time because um, I have to be in, I probably need to be into the church by like 10 till so I can okay. sing with Todd. Awesome. So many things happening today. Right. Big day. Yeah. Oh, such a big day. <laughs> um, okay. So I don't, I, I just blanked out. Anyway, so hello and welcome to another episode. Yeah, I'm there. I lost you for a second, but I am still here. So are you still there? Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, I should probably I go because so I got to go sing in I'm the so church proud of you choir. I can't wait to see you. Thanks for having okay. me on. I love you. I can't wait to see you. Oh, yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> I of, love of you course, to pieces. Of, Have fun. You know, like I didn't expect anything else. Okay. <laughs>